You know how it feels when you're in a room full of people and yet you feel completely alone? This is exactly what many survivors of narcissistic abuse say they experience and I've been there myself. After finally realizing what I'd been dealing with for so long, because of the shame and the fear, the guilt, the embarrassment, all of this of being tortured by a narcissist, a lot of victims won't even talk about it with people that they're closest to in their lives. And even when they appear to be totally fine and are capable of a friendly conversation and have good social skills, there can be an underlying feeling of isolation for a survivor, one that feels a lot like a dull ache. So often, I hear this from my clients. They feel like they don't even know how to be vulnerable anymore. They find themselves feeling very gun-shy, constantly on alert. Emotional abuse, as well as physical and deeper forms of psychological abuse like gaslighting, they teach us to shut up, to stop talking about ourselves. We become paralyzed in certain ways. One of those is developing the need to be alone. Let's talk about that for a minute, shall we? Why do survivors of narcissistic abuse have so much trouble feeling really connected to people? Why do we so often find the need to be alone after any sort of social interaction? Why do we find the idea of certain kinds of interactions just incredibly overwhelming to the point that we just become paralyzed and hide inside these little cocoons we create for ourselves? Well, we're going to start answering those questions by looking at our situations from an intellectual standpoint. Emotions aside, we're in a very uncomfortable position when we're dealing with a narcissist in our daily lives. We're taught that everything we think and believe is just wrong, or at the very least, no one validates us and we begin to believe the lies the narcissist tells us about ourselves. And in most cases, these situations are created without our consent, whether we've been fooled into becoming enmeshed with them or we were born into it. You're going to feel abandoned, my friend. You're going to feel lonely sometimes. And at the same time, you're going to want to be alone all the time. Overwhelming would be an understatement because if we're being honest with ourselves, we are in an almost suspended state. Whether we're still stuck in the toxic relationship and or we've moved on and, and we're going through narcissistic abuse recovery. Narcissists do not provide closure. They stalk us. They cajole, beg, promise, persuade, and ultimately succeed in doing the impossible one more time. They sweep us off our feet, and even though we know better than to succumb to these superficial charms, we do. We go back to the relationship. We hope for a better ending this time. We walk on eggshells. We become the epitome of submissiveness, a perfect source of narcissistic supply. We become their ideal mate, spouse, partner, colleague, child. We keep our fingers crossed. But how does the narcissist react to the resurrection of the bond? Well, that depends on whether you've re-entered the relationship from a position of strength or one of vulnerability and weakness. The narcissist casts all interactions with other people in terms of conflicts or competitions they can win. You're not a partner. You're more like an adversary, someone to be subjugated and defeated. And as far as a narcissist is concerned, you 
when you return to the fold, it's a triumph. It's a win for them, proof of their superiority, their irresistibility. And God forbid you're perceived as autonomous, dangerously independent, or capable of bailing out and abandoning them, because then the narcissist acts like they're amazing. They're part of the loving, sensitive, compassionate, empathic. It's crazy. Narcissists respect strength and they're awed by it. So as long as you can maintain a no-nonsense attitude, putting them on probation, well, they might behave. But of course, if you've resumed contact because they've threatened you or because you're dependent on them financially, emotionally, or otherwise, they're going to pounce on that and they're going to exploit your fragility in order to get what they want. Following a perfunctory honeymoon, the narcissist is immediately going to start controlling and abusing you. And in both cases, the narcissist's reserves are exhausted and their true nature and their feelings emerge. The facade crumbles and beneath it, guess what? The same old heartless falsity that we call a narcissist. The gleeful smugness at having bent you to their wishes and their rules. The all-consuming sense of entitlement. The sexual depravity. Aggression. Pathological envy. Rage. All erupt uncontrollably. And it is worse if it follows a lengthy separation where you've made a life for yourself with your own interests, pursuits, friends, needs, wishes, plans, and obligations, independent of your narcissist. The narcissist cannot handle your separateness. You're a mere instrument of gratification or an extension of the narcissist's bloated false self. The narcissist becomes insanely jealous of your friends, refuses to accept your preferences or compromises or her own, and they're envious and dismissive of your accomplishments. My gosh, the fact that you have survived without the narcissist seems to deny them their little narcissistic supply. Then the inevitable cycle of idealization and devaluation begins. The narcissist berates you, humiliates you publicly, threatens you, destabilizes you by becoming unpredictable fosters ambient abuse and uses others to humiliate you. Abuse by proxy. Then you're faced with a tough choice. Leave again? Give up the emotional and financial investments that you made in order to attempt to resurrect this relationship? Or go on trying, subject to daily abuse and worse? Look, you've been here before. But this time, it's the familiarity, it doesn't make it any less nightmarish. As we seek to get closure. We have to accept the truth of what we've experienced, and it's more complicated than it sounds. The confusion, anger, love bombing, abuse cycle spinning. We were seduced into becoming narcissistic supply. If the narcissist in our lives is our spouse or our partner, we were seduced with promises of having someone on our side or a soulmate or whatever that looks like for us. We were brought in thinking we were getting happiness. If our parent was the person who was a narcissist in our lives, well, it looked more like, I'm really the only person who actually loves you, so if you don't do exactly what I want, you are going to be completely alone in this world. In either case, it doesn't look good. It looks like, if you don't do what I want, you will be alone. The narcissist knows instinctively that everyone is secretly afraid, at least on some level, of ending up completely alone and unloved, whether they admit it or not. The narcissist is also incredibly afraid of that, and it's why you don't often see a narcissist stay single for very long. They inevitably tend to grab hold of one branch before they let go of the last one. And just to avoid confusion here, 
most narcissists will secure a new supply before they let go of you. That's what I mean. They often run parallel relationships just to avoid being alone. That's part of the reason you might be dealing with jealousy in a relationship with one, even if you don't realize it. Your narcissist might exhibit extreme jealousy when other potential suitors are near you or involved in your life. Whether you'd really go there or not is not really an issue for them. If they feel threatened, the jealousy comes out. Often, it's a projection of their own indiscretions. They're cheating on you or considering it, so they become hypervigilant. Ironically, the narc will scream at you, say you're insane, or otherwise invalidate you if you ask about other people in their lives. You end up dealing with the sickening feelings of betrayal all by yourself, wondering if the narcissist is right that maybe you really are crazy. Hint, you're probably not. You're called jealous or crazy or whatever because, you know, they tell you you're making up things in your head and stuff like that. But you have to remember that listening to your gut means tuning into your intuition, to your divine self, your divine connection to your higher power or the universe or God, whatever you call it. Don't ignore it. Trust yourself when you feel something strongly. Why does this make you want to be alone all the time, though? Well, it starts with the fact that you're likely an empath like me. You have the ability to really feel what everybody else around you is feeling, especially with someone you spend a lot of time with or someone you love. The narcissist overwhelms you with the pressure of being responsible for their emotions. You're always spinning, trying to fix them, and it's freaking exhausting. While you're still in it, you probably find yourself sort of saving up your energy. You don't want to talk to people about anything serious and you can't handle one more straw on the proverbial camel's back. So you begin to isolate yourself in order to sort of recharge between your sessions of abuse with the narcissist. Once you're out, you might continue to isolate yourself out of habit or out of a need to protect yourself from the world. Even though you feel lonely sometimes, you might choose to stay alone just for the peace of it. Who could blame you? When you try to change the situation, you feel paralyzed, you feel overwhelmed, you've forgotten how to even be normal anymore, whatever that means. You prefer to avoid any intimate connections, sometimes in order to protect your heart. Even if your narcissist was your parent, this can be the case. Being with a narcissist, it causes you to distrust yourself, but also the whole world around you. How do you change that? Well, first you admit that you were or are in a codependent relationship and you acknowledge the mental and emotional abuse and manipulation in order to begin to understand why it happened. While you played a role in that relationship, you have to realize that it's really not your fault that it happened. You really got pulled into it under false pretenses. You have the option and the right to change this whole deal. And yes, this even applies when family is involved. You have the right to feel peace. You have the right to determine who you are, the opportunity to decide what happens from here on out, and the responsibility to change your life for the better. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body, take care of your soul, nurture the real you, and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot, take it now, and the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together.